Because there's too many train wrecks in the world and no one focuses on the running trains that are well oiled. But I'm going to just go ahead and invite uh, Jay Schiffman up to share his story. So let's give it up for Jay. Welcome to the Choose Your Struggle podcast. I am your host, Jay Schiffman. Welcome back to another episode of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. I am your host, Jay Schiffman. I'm recording this the week of, well, it's the week of April 27th, but does it really matter anymore? We're still in quarantine. Um, Nothing much is changing. Here in South Carolina, things are being reopened, uh, which is just, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Anyway. Special podcast this week. There is no shout out. There is no long interview. There are two short interviews. Here's what happened. (laughs) I went on a morning talk show about a month ago. You can find that online. It was the Ask Sharifa uh, morning talk show out of LA. Um, And on there with me were just, it was like the whole group of us had fantastic stories to tell. And I got to say, I think I was the least interesting person on there. And all of the people to a, to a person are going to be on this podcast at some point. But the two that are on today, Ainsley Ross and Alyssa Musto, were both on that, that talk show. Um, at a different time, I doubt, I don't know, they're both incredible and they were both so willing to come on the show. But I honestly doubt I would have the chance to interview either one of them because they're so hardworking in their fields. Uh, Start with Alyssa. Alyssa rose to prominence in 2016 as Miss Massachusetts. Uh, That's how some people may know her, but she is an out-of-this-world musician. We talk about it. You'll hear me just fanboy all over her music, but I love it. One of her songs, um, I say this in the interview, but I've been listening to nonstop. I think it's a great song for this, this time. You can check that out on my uh, Spotify playlist, Positive Mental Health. There's a song of hers on there. But check her out. She's just just great. The second interview is a young woman named Ainsley Ross. Ainsley's been in the, quote-unquote, in the business for a long time. She is a stunt woman, mixed martial artist, an actress, a model, a singer. She does it all. Um, (laughs) Just both of them had such a wealth of knowledge of what it's like managing your mental health in an industry that really pushes you to do the opposite. So I really appreciate both of them taking the time. One quick caveat. I don't know about any of y'all who are using Zoom, but I think there's too many of us on it because it's not been working great. I do all of my interviews on Zoom. Um, The audio isn't incredible on either one. Luckily, for whatever reason, the audio worked better for the person I was recording than myself. So I don't sound great. Luckily, it's it's more on Ainsley's interview than Alyssa's, but luckily they both sound fine. Both were cut down from much longer uh, interviews, so 
you know, if you hear something where it sounds like maybe I asked a question in the middle, I probably did. I probably cut it out because I sounded like C-3PO talking through three different telephones. Uh, forgive me for that. You know, I do all of this on my computer at home. And quite frankly, my computer is not the best in the world. So if I had known I was starting a podcast, <laughs> I would have bought a better computer. Anyway, enjoy the interviews. Stick around at the end. We will be doing the normal choose your card as well as good egg. And keep reaching out because uh, <laughs> that's how a lot of these people end up on here. I mean, like I said, I, I worked with Alyssa and, and Ansley, but there's a couple people coming up who have reached out and have been like, hey, I love the podcast. I think I have a good story for you. This is so true. 100% of the time already, the answer has been, yes, you do. Let's chat. So a couple people coming up in the next couple of weeks that are people who have reached out. If you are interested, please do so. Uh, how to reach me is all over this episode, but I'll say them all here. My website, www.jayshifman.com is the easiest. Uh, so check that out. You can also check out my Instagram or Facebook, which is just my name, J-A-Y-S-H-I-F-M-A-N. On, did I say Instagram? I meant LinkedIn. My Instagram is the next Shiftman and Twitter's JB Schiffman. Uh, but go to my website. That's the easiest way. All right. Enjoy the interviews and I will catch you at the end of the episode. Are you ready to take your hemp experience to a whole new level? Because if so, I want to tell you about my sponsor, Mountain Made. Their puff line of smokable flour is unreal. They meticulously source each strain from select partner farms to ensure only the highest quality product in the marketplace. When it comes to the entourage effect, nothing tops strain-specific flour. It delivers the full range of all the amazing effects of CBD. I can tell you because I use it myself. With 0.7 grams of premium full flour inside of each pre-roll, you'll be ready to maximize your personal summit whenever you smoke. So check out Mountain Made today and grab a puff. They're federally compliant with less than 0.3% THC, which means they ship nationwide. All right, I'm going to grab a puff and let's get back to the episode. So I will say I have been listening to your song, Good Old Days, like on repeat. Oh, oh my goodness. I, I have that. I mentioned this on the, the interview we did, but I have that a positive mental health playlist on, on Spotify. that's open for people to, to come in and, you know, add stuff to and listen. And I put that on there. And so I've been hearing that a lot. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah and, you know, now that you mention it, I think that that really does, you know, it would fit on a, uh, on a playlist like that because it really is just, you know, about learning from your mistakes and, not knowing what's going to happen next, but taking, you know, the good parts and being able to move forward with yourself in your life. And, you know, that's all you can hold on to. hundred percent. And I think a really important piece that is in sort of being embraced now in mental health is getting rid of this thing that we were taught by our parents' generation. And it's like, don't make mistakes. And now it's like, eh, you're going to make mistakes, but your mistakes don't define you as long as you learn from them, as long as you move forward from them with, with education. And that's why I love your song. I think it, it hits that home 100%. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, especially, you know, so I remember writing that and I actually wrote that in the backstage dressing room right before I crowned the next Miss Massachusetts. 
And I remember being really horrified to play this because, you know, being involved in the pageants and being involved with Miss America, there is like a certain image that you're trying to portray and you're supposed to be a role model and, you know, everything's supposed to be wonderful. Um, when really that, you know, even though I had this great thing that happened to me, that was personally one of the toughest years of my life. But I was in this position where it wasn't okay for me to come out and be like, well, you know, I'm going through a lot of stuff because I always had to put on that persona. Um, so I remember writing some of those lines about being too drunk in Chinatown and, you know, being unsure about my future and myself and what I'm doing. Um, and being really scared to put that out there um, because of what I felt was expected of me and the pressure that I put on myself. Um, so why, it, you know, it was very, it was very soothing and comforting and empowering for me, you know, to put that out there because it's like, okay, well, you know, this is who I am and this is what I'm going through and I can move forward from that, but, um, you know, I'm ready to take the mask off or the crown off, you know. That's awesome. When, when were you Miss Massachusetts? Uh, 2016. Okay. So really interesting time to be sort of in the public eye. I'm sure you had to walk a lot of fine lines that year. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the big things right off the bat is um, obviously with the election, with politics, people overwhelmingly believe that Donald Trump has something to do with Miss America. Donald Trump never owned Miss America. Donald Trump used to own the Miss USA organization, which is a completely different pageant. Um, so I did, I did find myself, yeah, having to answer a lot of questions and, um, you know, finding the best way to explain and, and educate, you know, people about something that they, they didn't know a lot about. Um, but it was, it was definitely an interesting time to be quote unquote, a, a public figure and, and to be asked about that. You know, I always look at the pageants as it was sort of a megaphone. You know, I, I'm, I'm still the same person that I was before and after. I still have the same mission. I still have the things I'm trying to say, but suddenly you have this crown and this title and, and people are listening a little bit closer to, uh, to what you have to say. And, um, you know, there's definitely been moments where I think it's, it's harmed, you know, more than helped. I, there were times where people have completely underestimated my abilities or my intelligence because they think, well, this girl's a beauty queen, you know, what, what the hell does she know about anything? And just working to derail those stereotypes and to convince people that, you know, not everything you see on YouTube videos or, or movies about pageant girls uh, are, are true representations of, of who we are. So definitely opened a lot of doors, but um, a lot of it was convincing people, changing people's minds. What was your talent? I played piano. So that's actually my, um, as a, I'm a musician, uh, pianist first and foremost. And that is kind of why I decided to get involved with the pageant was it was another platform to uh, perform. So the music obviously came way first. Oh, yeah, yeah. I started playing piano. I was four years old, you know, and, and I look back and there were definitely times I hated it as a kid. I didn't want to practice, but I, I couldn't have asked, you know, for a better gift that my dad, you know, could have given me and made me stick it out because I look back at the best moments and the worst moments of my life and people coming and going. And uh, the one thing that remains constant through every single phase is having music and having that way to express myself and that way to to cope um, and that way to deal with my emotions. And I could, you know, I could never repay my father for, for giving me that gift. Listening to your music, if I had heard your music before I actually met you, I think the two things that would have kind of caught me right off the bat are one, the richness and the depth of your voice is 10 times what I would expect just from talking to you. Number two is that you are able to pack a lot into your lyrics. Like that was the thing that jumped out and hit me listening to your music 
is that you are able to say a whole lot. So I would assume, and I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that obviously comes from somewhere in you that you also, you have that piece in you that you internalize a lot and you're able to put that much into your lyric. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I honestly couldn't have said that better uh, <laughs> myself. Um, you know, kind of going back to what you were saying before about, you know, not only is it reinstilled in us from our parents that, you know, we can't make mistakes and that we have to, you know, that whole sort of man up and um, power through that mentality. Um, but that's also heightened in show business as well. You know, the, the show must go on. And growing up in a household of entertainers, you know, that was, that was the motto. And I remember there's been lots of nights and performances that I was having a terrible day, but you just, you learn that as a professional, you got to go up there and you got to stick it out and you got to put on a hell of a show. There's an extent to that. And uh, as a performer, of course, you want to ma maintain that professionalism and honor the contracts and the commitments that you've made, but you have to look out after yourself as well. So I think for such a long time, doing the pageants, being a musician, you know, uh, being a piano teacher and, and working with kids, speaking with schools, um, there was a lot of just being pleasant, being happy 100% all the time. Everything is great. Everything is wonderful. My songwriting was the one place that I felt I could really express things and, and say things that I would never say to a friend or I could never go out there on stage and say, or I could never, you know, post on the internet. That was my outlet. That was where I could just, there was no filter, no editing that I could just, you know, if you listen to the first album and then the second album is a little bit darker, it's a little bit more serious. That second EP was kind of when I said, okay, I, I have to stop being so afraid of A, what other people think about me, and B, of putting myself out there. It's okay to be vulnerable. I've realized my best songs that I've written are when I'm vulnerable. You know, it's okay to have feelings. It's okay to be upset after a breakup and to internalize these things and to overthink them and, and process them. Like that's part of the process, no matter what you're going through in life. And I think I was very afraid to show that for a long time, but songwriting had always been that out that I had to say what's really going going on inside of here. So I assume that going through the pageantry, like you were in, in early in your career when you really did feel that pressure to sort of be, you know, Mickey Mouse Club smiles all the time. How, how did you, what were your self-care habits or what were you doing to, to be able to present that face? I mean, no human is ever that all the time, right? I mean, what were you doing behind the scenes to, to be able to, to cope? Um, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky that I, I, my, I have friends and family members um, that I consider my rock. My siblings and I are extremely close. I'm extremely close with my parents. They would, you know, we'd, we'd help each other bury the body if, if need so. And I have friends that I've known for a lot, a long, long time before any of the patents, before any of the success stuff. So I know that they're, they're in it for the long haul and having those people in my corner that I could just call and cry to, you know, quite frankly, that have seen me at my very best and my very worst moments. And, you know, they see me as Alyssa. They don't see me as entertainer, Miss Massachusetts, or, you know, whatever. They see me, you know, for who I am. And having those people in your life um, that you can trust and depend on no matter what are so important and are what have gotten me through some of the toughest parts of, of everything that I've gone through. My big thing is, is being aware, you know, and always and knowing, you know, growing up in the entertainment industry, I was very fortunate to have 
sort of been warned about uh, certain things early on um, and the, the sad, rea that's the thing, you, you grow up seeing both sides of the industry, like the very best parts, um, but also the very, the very worst parts. And some of that is, you know, how women are treated and, um, you know, at times when women don't feel safe within their workplace, which is, you know, absurd. Um, so I was always sort of aware that that was a reality and just always going in to things cautious. Uh, and I hate that, you know, we, we, women shouldn't have to be nervous or, you know, suspicious going into their work situation, but that's just how I've, I've always been aware that that is the reality of how things are um, and to be prepared and to not be too rattled if that's the behavior of people and to not, not tolerate it, obviously, but, but know that it is out there and it does exist and it is common. Have you had those situations where you've gone, this just isn't worth the money, like this isn't, this isn't the best opportunity, and even though it might be great for you know, my resume or whatever, it's just not the right place to be? I've been pretty fortunate that I, I haven't really had to make that choice. And honestly, a lot of the uh, places that I have performed, those venues have been extremely, extremely supportive. My agents have been extremely supportive. Um, I've had issues with stalkers. I've had issues with men acting or saying inappropriate things on stage. And they, they've handled it. I've never had a situation where I can say, wow, that venue or that employer or that agent was really irresponsible. They've, they've taken care of it, you know, for the most part. Um, but, you know, come to think of it, there was one, I remember there was one time I was in an audition and uh, the man auditioning me asked me if I had a boyfriend, which I thought was the weirdest thing for, you know, for an audition. Like, what the hell does that have to do with anything of my uh, performing ability? And I asked him, I was like, can I ask how that's, relevant to uh to my performing you know um because i'm not afraid you know to walk away and he made up some sort of excuse that uh well there was another female performer that had this boyfriend and sometimes he would just come to the show and he would hang out there and it was really unperfect i don't know i think it was a loaded <laughs> hit. but uh but yeah there's definitely creeps out there man uh they're they're everywhere you know in the entertainment industry and and not and you know i've been very fortunate that that's the extent of any sort of creepiness I've experienced in an audition room because I've heard some horror stories, but they're definitely out there. So sort of building off that, how have you, you are a very down to earth person. You know, when we were on that show together, you would not have known that either one of you were pretty big names. Like how have you stayed so down to earth? How have you kept your mental health so healthy in an industry and especially in a society that loves to put up people like you on a pedestal? Um, uh, you know, I'm smiling hearing you, you say that, like, I want to say thank you, you know, very much for guarding me in that sort of category, because I, I don't look at myself as that I, you know, I look at myself as obviously I'm proud of, of what I've accomplished because I've worked incredibly hard, but I look at it as like, I, I still have so much more to do. I still have such a long way to go. Um, and always knowing that, you know, I don't care who you are. I don't care what industry you're in there's always going to be someone better than you. And there's always something to aspire to be like, I think you have to be humble, especially in show business. You have to be, there's always going to be somebody better for the part, prettier, more talented, more experienced, more connected. And that's just the reality of it. And if you can't, if you can't grasp that and accept that and, and grow in your career, 
then then you're not cut out for show business. There's there's too many egos in this world, man, and we don't we don't need more of them. It doesn't it doesn't help anyone. So before we continue or do anything else, tell us. Uh, I try to give my guests ample opportunity to talk about where people can find you. So shout out, you know, anything anywhere that you want us to check you out. Yeah, definitely. So you can check out all, all my social media stuff: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, even TikTok. I uh, that's what all the kids are using now. My brother's in the, in college, so he introduced me to this during our quarantine together. Um, and you can you find my my name Alyssa, and that's Alyssa with an I. Some people try to spell it with a Y, A L I S S A. Um, and additionally, you can find all my music on Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, wherever else you stream music. Were you touring before this happened, or were you you know blessedly yeah. you didn't have to cancel anything? Oh no no no! Um, I was actually supposed to be gone the whole summer. Oh. Um, I was looking forward to the trip to Europe of a lifetime. I'd been to Europe a few times before, but uh, never the Baltic region, which was where I was going to go, Sweden, Germany, Holland, Finland. I'm mean, honest, when I was flying back to, uh, when I was flying back, you know, from Boston, I had to go to Atlanta first. And I'm going through customs, going from Mexico, and, you know, they do the little kiosk, and um, there's a little X through my ticket, and I'm going, oh, no. Yeah. This is not going to be good. Um, but, you know, even though I'd, I'd gotten home from Europe before the travel ban had happened, I had been in Europe in the past 14 days. So they had to do some additional testing. Luckily, I didn't have a fever or anything that day. But, um, no, I definitely, I know a lot of people who are not home right now. And as, as terrible as this is for everybody, I can't even imagine being away from your family and your loved ones uh, during this time. I, my heart goes out to those people. Um, yeah, I can't imagine being separated during this time. So were you, were you opening for someone or were you, were you that on a tour like uh, so, yours? Yeah, I was actually on a cruise ship. Wow. Uh, I was a guest entertainer, um, doing a piano show called Billboard on Board, um, which we do, you know, a number of different shows featuring different music throughout different decades and genres, um, for the cruise guests. That would have been a really tough place to be when this broke out would be a cruise ship. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, I have, you know, friends on board that are stuck on board. They can't get off their ships. I've, I could, uh, lots of horror stories that I'm hearing from at sea right now. So I'm extremely fortunate to have gotten home when I did. So last couple of questions. Sounds good. I mean, I, I think it's great. It means we're just having a good conversation. There's like yeah. nothing worse getting on an interview and it's, sort of awkward and there's no conversation you just you know you you ask great questions and i'm i'm happy to be here <laughs> well thank you it's that's means a lot considering i started doing this in february so uh you know that that that's a good shot to my ego thank you so the last two questions we always finish on are number one uh who are your heroes who have been influential in your life if it's someone that is doing something now that you think we should go follow shout that out second would be what are your day-to-day self-care habits, whether when you're on tour or when you're not? Uh, as I mentioned on the show that we were both on, my wife got into watercolor painting recently. She loves baths. I'm a big reading guy. I like to spend at least you know 20 minutes sitting out in the hammock and reading. And I have a bunch of other hobbies that you know, I really enjoy. So you know, talk about that, those two and then finish with your shout out again, where we can find you. And- uh, all right. Well, when I look at the biggest inspirations and my biggest heroes, um, I'm definitely going to put my dad at the top of that list. You know, like I mentioned earlier, he's also a professional entertainer and has taught me so much 
um, not only about music, not only about performing, just about life. And, and every time I'm in a situation where I don't quite know what to do, uh, I think about some of the wisdom that he gives me, or I can, you know, I just call him up. We have a really open form of communication like that, and I consider him my best friend. So I'm very fortunate for that. That's beautiful. That's and, uh, uh, that's very nice. I hope I hope you share this with him. So I'm sure he already knows that. But I hope you share this with him just so that he can get that warm and warm and fuzzy listening to you say no, that. He he knows. You know, he came when I was in Alaska last summer. He came and spent a few weeks out there, and you know, we can. We can, uh, we have a great time and, you know, whether it's talking about music or, or anything else, it's, I've been, I'm very lucky uh, to just have that sort of bond with my dad. Um, and then I also, I look up to a lot of musicians, artists, uh, you know, and I'm a bit of an old soul. So I love Bruce Springsteen, Billy Joel, Carol King. And I even remember being a teenager uh, and listening to the lyrics of Bruce Springsteen and those, you know, just really being like having this fire in my belly. Uh, listening to that and being like, yeah, I feel that I I relate to that. So, you know, I, I think there are a lot of times that Bruce, you know, it's crazy. It sounds, I think there are a lot of times Bruce Springsteen, you know, absolutely saved me. Absolutely got me through some things uh, in high school and early on in my life that I didn't quite know how to deal with. So let me ask you about that, actually, because I, the person who's going out on the podcast tomorrow, her name is Amanda Webster. And a lot of what she talked about was how uh, Lincoln Park literally saved her life, like she was going to yeah. commit suicide. And so as a musician yourself, now you're talking about what Bruce Springsteen did for you. Does that, like, does that resonate with you that you are having, you know, I opened this interview telling you how I've been listening to one of your songs like on repeat. Is that a thing that, that, that like, how do you deal with that knowledge that some of your work is having that much of an impact on somebody's life? Honestly, that's, that's amazing. That's the most rewarding thing. In fact, I, I wrote a whole song about this. I don't know if you listened to my first album, the song Pictures on the Wall is about that exactly. It's about growing up and having pictures of your heroes and people you admire on your wall. And, uh, and the reason that I do what I do is just to someday be a picture on somebody's wall to have helped someone knowing that I helped someone get through something or that my lyrics inspired them or that something I did in my life inspired them. That's that's the most humbling, that's the most rewarding thing. My dad used to tell me, he used, when I was in high school, I remember he told me once, he goes, you know, there are people that sit around their dinner tables talking about you. And I thought that was the dumbest thing I had ever heard <laughs> in my entire life. You know, I, I really did. I was like, nobody cares um, what I'm doing. And there's been a lot of times, you know, just performing in, in bars or on cruise ships or on tour or whatever where I've gotten Facebook messages the next day or emails. Oh, you made our birthday so great. Or my bachelorette party so awesome. It was so memorable. Or I've performed at people's weddings and you know, you have those little moments, but there's also been moments in my life where, you know, somebody came up to me and said, Hey, I know you don't know this, but, um, my mother died yesterday and, uh, I need to go home. But listening to you perform the last few nights has been the highlight of this trip for me. Or, uh, I know you didn't know this, but that was my dad's favorite song, or that was my daughter. That that's always gets me, you know, when when it's a parent that had lost a child. That was my daughter's favorite song, or you know, we have that moment together. And um, you know, and those are the moments I hear about. Those are the ones people actually tell me, and it, it's made me realize that performing and through my music education initiatives, through different stuff as Miss Massachusetts, I've been so blessed and fortunate to have cross paths with thousands of people 
and there is nothing more humbling or more rewarding or, or more of a blessing than knowing that maybe just maybe I helped somebody in a time where they really needed it. I don't, there's nothing more, there's nothing better I could ask for. Uh, so uh, tell us one more time where we can find you and yeah, definitely. So I would just want to say once again, thank you so much for having me, Jay. If uh, you want to learn more, you want to connect on social media, you can find me Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and now even TikTok uh, under my name, Alyssa Musto, and that's A-L-I-S-S-A. And then all of my music is available for streaming on Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, and wherever else you listen to music. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much to everyone who keeps reaching out requesting a bracelet. For a reminder to those of you who have not yet, super easy. All you have to do is go to my website, www.jayshifman.com. Go to the Contact Me page and reach out there. Tell me if you want a purple bracelet for addiction awareness or a green bracelet for mental health awareness. And then give me your address and I'll send it out. It's that easy. It's like, hey, with one click, you get a free bracelet. No ifs, ands, or buts. So reach out today. Tell me what you're looking for. Tell me that my podcast is resonating with you. I want to hear from you. Thanks so much. Back to the episode. I feel like sometimes when people tell or speak their testimonies and whatever, whatever they've been through through life, whether it's addiction or, you know, mental abuse or whatever they've been through personally, I feel like it's, it can either, when you tell your story, sometimes subconsciously, you may feel like, oh, like people are interested or they don't want to hear this, you know, like these are my battles. These aren't theirs. So how can they find a correlation between the two or are they going to compare their scenario with mine? right and think that theirs isn't enough or like oh that's silly that I worry about this when they have this going on when in reality it just shows you how much like we said the positivity and the feedback that you get from your audience just then propels you to be like oh it does mean something you know when I everything I went through it, it it's for a reason and it's for a purpose so uh, you're dead right I mean that is spot on it's it is a big part of this work is helping people recognize that there's no shame in how something impacted them and that you and I could go through the same experience and come out with very different impacts on our life. Exactly. Yeah. Hands down. And, you know, I, I feel like that's a huge part in mental health is people compare so much and it's so sad. Even, Even every day, you know, whether it's through social media or on TV or our world, it's comparisons. It's a world of comparisons and people need to realize through mental health that you are beautiful, wonderful, and enough, or you're strong enough. And you know what? That's what makes you, you. And by embracing that, there's so many people you can help instead of trying to conform to what society may want you to be. So that's where my song, Just Be You, stemmed from. Dealing with a world of peer pressure and popularity and all that stuff. It's like, no, I'm just going to be myself and I'm going to help others find and discover who that is for them what that is for them because it's not who what everyone thinks you should be it's who you are you know you're either too close to a situation or too far from a situation and when people are dealing with their own personal battles whatever that may be you know they don't want to be judged they don't they kind of preface before they say something right so they 
sometimes need that person who isn't so close to them as a friend or as a family to just kind of be that mediator and just listen. And I feel like so much can be stemmed and derived from that in helping others. Give me where, you know, your shout out. So anything that you want us to come check out of yours, anyone that you're supporting, any, anything at all that you want to shout out right now? Yes, of course. So if you want to follow and be a part of my journey, please follow me on Twitter at I am Ainsley Ross, on Facebook at Ainsley Ross the Artist, and on Instagram at Ainsley underscore Ross, at A-I-N-S-L-E-Y underscore R-O-S-S. And you can find any of my music on Apple Music. My latest release is we are one it's about joining together in unity and love in this world on spotify apple music TikTok, instagram any outlet i'm grateful that y'all listened in and i'm grateful for mr shipman here um, <laughs> and it's like i'm a person and at the end of the day that's what we are we're just people trying to reach people so let me actually you brought up instagram and i was just looking you're up to 71 i don't know i it was like something like that you have the most instagram followers of anyone ever talked to is that how much thought goes into, or does that change the way that you interact with your followers, knowing that, okay, it's one thing if I'm putting out something that a couple thousand people may see. It's another thing when we're talking almost 100,000 people looking at what you're putting out on, on, online. Does that change the way that you, that you go about doing that? Yes and no. So for me, it doesn't change my personality and who I am and who I put out and what I put out there that doesn't, it doesn't change based on the number of followers I have. What does change is the planning that goes into place of content and creating. It's a blessing and, it, it, and it's hard sometimes. And it's like, I'm grateful for each and every person that wants to be a part of my journey. That's an honor as it is. But, you know, there's a lot more planning that goes into it. There's a lot more like, okay, I can't just post anytime I want or scatterbrained everywhere. I have to have a scheduled posting date and a scheduled time based on the algorithm that works for me and my fans. So they can get the most out of it and I can reach the most I can through that and through my messages. So yeah, it, there's a lot more planning that goes into it. But as far as how real I am and my authenticity as a person, that never changes based on followers. It's just, I am who I am and follow me or not. But you know what, if you do, thank you. How have you avoided the, the sort of, you know, everybody loves the train wreck, right? And, and for someone like you, that that was very overnight. Mm -hmm. You went from being, you know, this normal person to all of a sudden your, your face is on billboard and mm -hmm. your, your followers jump by almost 100,000 people. How have you avoided the the sort of, you know, the, the stories that everybody secretly loves to read about in People Magazine? Right. Like, it's all about time and place and where you're at and what scenarios you choose to put yourself in. For me, I've always been that person that, look, I, I like to go to events. I like to support charities. I like to support people. People supporting people is a huge deal for me. But I'm not your girl. I don't, I don't party. Like, that's not my scene. I am who I am. Yes, I have an effervescence and bubbly personality about me, but I'm not that person. I, I just, I've never been a partier. Do, you know, you go to occasional soirees and stuff and events. Yeah. But it's all in how you put yourself and what scenarios you put yourself in. And I've seen many girls and many people and they're, they, they there's, there's a des certain degree of desperation in an artist sometimes 
And it's balancing that you don't have to be desperate. You know, you can be eager. There's a difference between being eager to work and learn and being desperate. And based on scenarios you put yourself in, you're going to be like, okay, does it look bad if I'm here with a drink in my hand, not a bait? Like, does it look bad here? And do I even want to put myself in that possible possible scenario, right? Where paparazzi can take pictures of you anytime. And then people are secretly talking about you because they love negative news more than positive news. No. So I choose not to put myself in scenarios. I have to think through a lot in my life. And I feel like thinking through is better than not thinking at all. So. Are there situations though, where that gets difficult? You know, you said you've walked some carpets and uh, I'm sure that there are people around you who make a different choice. Is that difficult mm-hmm. at times or has it been pretty easy so it's far? Been to- pretty, you know, based on scenarios, it's been pretty easy for me because it's like, you know what? I see what I see you. Uh-uh not around me. Like, okay, I'm going to turn the other way. You know, we're going to gracefully find an exit. If you, it's all about grace and it's all about how you handle a scenario and situation. It's all about how you choose to do that and how you go, go about that. You know what I mean? So you have to rely on your own self strength and you have to be strong enough to know what you will and won't compromise. You have to know your morality and okay, this is right. This is wrong. If you have to think about it, probably ain't right. Before you ever think about getting in this industry, acting, modeling, singing, whatever it is, you know your own strength, know who you are, know what you will and won't compromise under any circumstances that cannot be swayed. When you have that figured out, it's a different to be tested because anyone can be tested in the world and anyone is tested in the world. But there is a true difference and knowing those things before you get into it, then going out blindly. If you go out blindly to the industry and be like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. I don't really know. I'll figure it out. Not usually the best choice because there's too many train wrecks in the world and no one focuses on the running trains that are well oiled and they're, they're going towards a route of making the world a better place. So for me, that has never been a hard compromisable thing. It's always been very, I stand firm in who I am and I'm grateful to have that strength. But if, before you get into the industry, you will get way more no's than you ever will yeses. And you have to have so much strength and self-confidence to be able to push through and be like, you know what? It's not my time. It's somebody else's time and I'm going to be happy for them, but we're going to keep pursuing and we're going to keep going in the direction of what you stand for. Do you have people around you whose opinions you you go to in those moments to say, what do you think? Hands down. I mean, obviously there's a sense of independence that I know right from wrong. I know the decisions to make, but everyone needs that person. Everyone needs someone to be like, hey, whether it's a manager or, you know, for me, it's it's my family. It's my mom. She's been my rock and she knows me in and out and I've been blessed that she's never been a stage mom or any of that. She's like, I don't care if you do it. Like, you know what? You're great at it. She's like, but if you stop it tomorrow, you're still going to be my baby girl. You know what I mean? And I'm going to, she's a straight shooter. Like she doesn't put any fluff on it. She's real with me. I know she's real with me. So it's really about seeking the advice of someone who isn't going to fluff your feathers and be like, well, it's about being honest. Beautifully said. 
So there's a couple of, of questions. You've already sort of answered one of them. Uh, we talked about self-care a little bit. You know, everybody has their their things that they really, you know, love doing. You know, mm-hmm. I personally, uh, reading is a big one for me. We have a hammock on our, our porch here. Mm-hmm. So I try to spend at least 15, 20 minutes every day laying in that, which is very centering. For me, how I turn that off is through drawing. I love to sketch. I love to draw. It's it's an outlet for me. Writing. Oh, I love to write. Um it's it's a great feeling. Working out is a huge, huge outlet for me um, because I got into martial arts at the age of nine. Hmm. And I had a I have a grandpa who got into a lot of boxing elements and um, a lot of tactical whole a whole bunch of tactical pursuits that he had, as well as being a mechanic and car racer. So wow. I grew up in a family that you know, it's, it's a pretty awesome family to be from. And I just fell in love with the art of martial arts and boxing and I got into it. So that, that is stuck with me in getting my first degree black belt and being tactical weapons trained and, you know, specializing in close range military combatives that it's always been something that even when we're during and amidst COVID-19, I'm still, you know, keeping my routine, still training, even if it's just by myself, I'm still training. I am going to guess that you're the only actress that you come across or actress and singer who is also a first degree black belt. I have such an appreciation for the stunt world, my stunt women who I work with and, you know, my stunt crew. They, there's so many people with so many skill sets, you know, and it makes you really like, man, like, it's cool when you're not the only person that has those skill sets and that you can really bond over that and you can build each other up instead of tearing each other down. And the stunt world is an amazing community for that. We do nothing but present each other opportunities and build each other up. Now you have to have skill. Your level of skill has to be up here, but you know what? You can work for it and you support each other. So I I've, I've been thankful to work with other people who have specialized in acting and close range military combatives like I, and it's always cool because you have so many cool stories. Is that how you broke in? It was through the stunt world or was it, was it the music? I was going for, it's actually a funny story. I was going for full pursuit of acting. Right. And then there was a showcase I was supposed to perform for, you know, the showcase that conditions you for what the industry is really like. So I went through this rigorous training course for the whole entertainment industry. Not that it can prepare you for some of the things you'll face out there, but it will give you a good idea. So I was going for full pursuit of acting. And then I, I was always had these songs that I'd write actually like just be you, like all my other ones, I released room, etc. And I wrote them and I didn't have any intent to perform them. I was just going to be like a songwriter, right? Just handed to someone else to sing it. And they were like, let's hear your voice on it. And I sang it and they were like, what? You know, they, they were like, no, you need to, you know, perform this. And I was like, I didn't know it was that good. You know what I mean? I didn't know my voice was at that level and people started freaking out. And you know what, then I just propelled into tours and music and releases and it lifted off from there. And while that lifted off, I did music first in the sense of touring everything. I'd been doing martial arts prior to music. It's just always been a part of my life. So that was a constant throughout everything. And then I had to actually turn down a tour to go out to LA to pursue acting because I made a commitment and I'm a girl. I follow through on my commitment and my word is my word. So I turned down another tour opportunity to go pursue acting. 
worked on acting, still saying, you know, obviously made appearances, acting took off. So music really took off first for me. And then, you know, acting followed as well as the whole modeling thing. And stunts was actually, I missed my martial arts and my dojo and my sensei so much in Texas. I didn't have that in LA because I just, you know, you come out to LA fresh off everything and you're just like oh hi like I'm in this huge city I'm from a town of less than 800 people let's get acclimated and I don't know where everything is and that's when I found Mike Chat at XMA World Headquarters and he's the blue power ranger the OG like trained with everyone trained Taylor Lautner um everyone you can imagine and I told him you know I came from a traditional fighting background and he's like okay let's modify that for film taught me to work with camera angles, put me in an atmosphere with stunt women and stunt men. And that really branched off of my love for traditional martial arts. And then I was like, now I can apply this with acting as well. So I can have the best of both worlds. You just casually name dropped the blue power ranger uh, <laughs> and, and sort of a, a throwback deep cut for, for someone of my age who was a huge power rangers fan growing up. One, the last question I always ask is, you know, some heroes of yours that we should all be checking out or that have had a huge influence on your life so besides the blue power ranger uh, <laughs> who else has who else has had been a hero to you who else is my uh, mentors for yes, sure my definitely. mentors are of course my mom um she got actually it's um it's a deep story but my mom she got hit head on by someone who was texting and driving it mm. broke her neck broke her hip it was awful she was told she'd never be able to walk again um, so she had home health in her house for like over three months. And as a, I was seven at the time, it was so hard because seeing your mom in a wheelchair and she's not being able to run with you, she's not be able to do those things. So at the time we were each going through our own personal battles. She is just a pure definition of what strength is like. She can walk now. She, you know, she's overcome so many battles to be there for me and if I have that amount of strength in my life, I will be lucky to be just as strong as a woman as she is. Um, so she is one for me. Obviously, Mike Chat, Blue Power Ranger, he's been such a mentor for me in the stunt world, in the film industry. Um, Alex Azar, my OG, OG sensei, um, he's been working with me ever since I was nine. And he showed me true strength in myself and that you can attain anything through hard work and a great mindset and you can work for it and you can believe, you know, and he saw that in me. And when someone sees that in you from a young age, and that isn't just your immediate family, you know, it's so inspiring and it makes you feel good. And it makes you believe that, oh, I can do tactical weapons training. I can do that. You know, it looks hard, but I can do it. And um, James Pickens Jr. Um, from Grey's Anatomy and everything, I, I had the blessed opportunity to work with him. And he is one of the most influential people and honorable men I have ever met in Hollywood. He is so down to earth and the conversations, I was so grateful to be a part of those conversations because we had so many just in exchange about the industry and his mindset is just incredible. And he's an amazing person and he's genuine. I've never met someone so genuine in the industry and he's that, he's a big mentor of mine. Um, that I was thankful to work with. And there's someone named Mike Coleman or Vrej Bajanian. And I worked with him opposite of him so many years. 
and he was my a good friend of mine. We worked in the industry, you know, on set. I, I worked as a gaffer and a grip, and then we would work opposite of each other acting-wise, you know, and we grew together, and it, it was awesome to see that, but um, may he rest in peace. His life was taken way too soon. Someone hit him and uh, with a car, and um, he died, and he was taken from us, but he was literally the kindest soul, honestly, and he impacted my life so much, and none of us could believe when we heard the news, but it goes to show you the legacy, Rajbajanian legacy he left behind is how everyone should live their life every single day, because if he can do that much and be taken too soon, imagine what we can do in honor of him and in honor of that, so he still is my mentor and my inspiration, God rest his soul, um, he changed my life in so many different ways, so. That was very beautiful. Thank you for sharing all of that. And you know, I hope that you're getting what you need from this and that I'm answering the question. <laughs> I'm Plenty. very passionate about, you know, some of the scenarios that I've been through and the people that I meet because they, you know, they're a part of the journey. They're a part of changing my life. They're a part of all of that. And the cultivation that went behind everything, you know, they're a part of that whole process. And you have some people that are there from when you're a seed and, you know, you're tilling that groundwork. And then you have some people that already, they know you as a sprout and then they're in the industry. I'm like, okay, let's see what you can do, you know? So. So let's close with this. Uh, again, one more time, say where people can find you and, and what you want to shout out, but then give any sort of last piece of big picture advice. My name is Ainsley Ross. I'm blessed to be a part of this podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at I am Ainsley Ross. You can follow me on Facebook at Ainsley Ross, the artist. And follow me on Instagram to be a part of my journey at Ainsley underscore Ross. That is at A-I-N-S-L-E-Y underscore R-O-S-S. Once again, remember your own strength and remember that to be the reason someone smiles today, because you can make someone smile and your mindset and your positivity and your attitude and how you choose to carry yourself throughout the day can impact so many who maybe are going through a struggle. So remember that and remember that. You can be your own strength and find it in you to rise up. Thank you. Beautiful. Um, well, I will. I hope that uh, all of the people who listen to this jump on and follow you. So I'm, I'm checking real quick on, 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 unless I'm looking at the wrong Ainsley, there's only a couple songs of yours on um, Spotify. Is more of it on Apple Music? Yeah, there's more on Apple Music. We're reworking some of my um, older songs okay. into doing refreshing. You know, kind of getting it out there, getting it. Um, my voice has changed a lot and it's grown a lot. So some we were relaying vocals on and some we got caught up, you know. There's a whole long slew of things, but there, be prepared. There's some cool stuff coming. Well, I'm seeing here. So your new one is out on Spotify. We yes. are one. Yes, um, and, and Shine. Well, we'll so. look forward to all the, the new music and any projects. I already follow you on, on Instagram, but yeah, I definitely encourage everyone else to as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll keep an eye on everything you're doing. Of thank course. you for taking the time. For sure. And thank you for taking the time. Once again, I know that, you know, we're all doing our own thing right now. We all have our personal goals. So thank you for bringing me on. And, um, I think we talked about some very needed topics and discussions today. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast and then thought, oh, man, I just, I don't even know where to begin. Well, I have the perfect answer for you. It's Anchor. 
They have all the tools you need to get started right away, all in one spot. You can do it from your phone or your computer. They'll even distribute for you, so you don't have to go looking for places to get your podcast out. But the best part is it's all free. That's right. You can sign up today without any hassle at all. You can even start making money right from the beginning. It's everything you need in a podcast in one place. So check it out today. Go to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. All right. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. I really appreciate it. And thank you to Ainsley and Alyssa for their time, their empathy, their work, everything they do. All right. It's time for the Choose Your Card. There. There are the cards. We're going back to the You Are Enough pack this week. Thank you to Blurt, as always. They don't pay me to say that, but I use their product, and I think it's the right thing to do. This week's card says, It's okay to not live by other people's expectations of you. They have their own life to map out, mold, and create. Yours is yours. That's pretty great. And that's a good thing to remember right now. Something that I've talked about with a number of people, something that we heard Kristen Zavo say back in episode, man, what was that, episode five? Seems like so long ago. For a lot of people right now is a time of productivity. It certainly is for me. Obviously, I'm making this podcast and doing some other other good things, but if it isn't for you, that's fine. You know, we're seeing all those memes. Shakespeare wrote Hamlet and I don't know, whatever. I'm not a big Shakespeare guy. The thing is, is that that isn't the case for everybody. Some people are taking this time to relax. Where are the memes about them? Janet took nine baths this week. Fuck yeah, Janet. I don't know. That, that, sound, that sounds like a lot. That wouldn't be good for your skin, I don't think. But you get my point. So... oh man so (laughs) measure your life by your life that's the point you know don't look at someone else measure your life by your life all right your good deed for this week your good egg this is uh inspired by a good friend kevin ty shout out to kevin ty i've been re-reading the harry potter series during quarantine i'm up to book six i started about a month ago and I love them. They're a great escape. I love the stories. It's probably my fifth or sixth time I've read through them. But Kevin also is reading them. And he and I were chatting yesterday and he told me, man, you know, he started before me and he's still, you know, I've, I've passed him. And he said, uh, you know, I just haven't been giving myself a lot of time to read. So in honor of Mr. Kevin Ty, your good egg for this week is that simple. Give yourself some time to read. We know the benefits of reading. Not only is it entertaining, not only is it informational, but what it does to your brain is incredible. So take some time to read this week. I recommend every day, but if you don't have that time, that's okay. Take some time this week. We're going to end it there. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. Stay tuned. We have a lot of great people coming up. And reach out. Uh, You know, I can't say that enough. Reach out. All right. Have a great week and choose your struggle.